Hello listeners, this is Madison Monthly, episode two, and just as a heads up, I probably will not have an episode this upcoming month because holidays, as you know, can be stressful and it's a little break from school and everything. So, for my first story, we've got a little variety today. The first story is by Balin Wilson, and here we go. So, I've been playing guitar for a few years and I did a talent show in middle school that wasn't too impressive. I quit after a few years and picked it back up about three years ago. Junior year of high school rolls around and I had gotten more into playing and even started singing a little bit. Because of my deep voice, I sort of became tied to Johnny Cash. I went to class one day wearing a guitar shirt and my chemistry teacher asked me if I played and I told her I did. At the time, I was very standoffish and I wasn't very outgoing. She told me that I should bring my guitar and play for her in the class. I agreed, but I didn't think she was serious. After a couple of weeks, I finally brought my guitar to class. Because I had started to learn songs only recently, I didn't have a large repertoire. They were mostly all Johnny Cash songs, but to my surprise, everyone was surprised by how well I could sing. I thought they were messing with me because I had really been singing for two years prior. Eventually, uh, another teacher heard me play, and next thing I know, she's bringing me to the principal's office to play for him, the vice principal, and the head football coach at the time. All three of them were impressed and asked me if I knew a few other songs, which I did. The principal asked me if I was going to perform at the talent show, and I told him I wasn't sure. I had only been in a talent show once before, playing Silent Night, one string at a time. I eventually said that I would. Spring semester rolls around, and I'm trying to think of what my act should be for the show. I wanted to stick to my strength and play Johnny Cash, but I didn't know what song to play. My mom gave me the idea to play a medley of Johnny Cash hits, and that's what I did. The medley was a mashup of Hey Porter, Folsom Prison Blues, I Walked the Line, and Ring of Fire. The night of the show, I dressed in a black shirt, black cowboy hat, boots, and blue jeans. I played my heart out, and for the rest of high school, I was known as the Johnny Cash of the school. I went on to play Wagon Wheel for the talent show my senior year and was dubbed the most musically talented for in my class. I will never forget that first show and the adrenaline that was pumping to the beat. The people who were clapping in the final rush when it was over. Music is my heartbeat, and it will be for the rest of my life. I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty impressive to me. Because I, I certainly could not do that, and uh, kudos to him for having the courage. Alright, our next story is by Phyllis Turner, which, those of you who know me, that is my grandma. It was one night in 1970, and this guy came to mind in my roommate Maggie's apartment. He was looking for Maggie. I told him Maggie wasn't in, and he said, well, you want to go out with me? I said, I reckon so, not a big deal. So he went out to a movie and had a good time. Maggie finally came back, but he never asked her out. He decided to date me from then on. We have dated for a long time, about four and a half years, and we've now been married for 48 years since 1975. So I love him, but he didn't come for me to begin with. <laughs> Thank you, Grandmama. Um, it's really funny because I did not know that, actually. All right, the next story is by, my, by Ronnie Turner, my grandfather, <laughs> actually her husband. All right, back in 1989, my wife got a ticket to the Auburn-Alabama game, and I didn't have one. So I told her she's not going down on the plains without me. So game day came quick and we went to Auburn. I went over to my friends and wife and we partied and tailgated for a while. When it got closer to game time, I said, well, I got to go on in. I'll see y'all inside of your seats. I know where they were sitting at. So I went up to the guy that was parking cars and I tried to give him 20 bucks to let me in, but he turned me down since his boss was near, so he couldn't do that. About that time, the million dollar band, Alabama band, pulled up and asked the man where they go in and he pointed the spot out to me. So I walked over to the band and they were eating lunch. I started talking to some of the members of the band and I was dressed up with a sports jacket on and stuff. 
The lady, presumably someone in charge, came out and said, If you're with the band and not in uniform, get right over here. Then she directed the band where to go. I was so determined to get in the game, I jumped right in and started marching beside them. And when we got to where the band was supposed to settle, I just kept on walking. I went up in the stands to wait on my wife and friends, and that's it. That's one brave way to get into a football game. <laughs> Thank you, Granddaddy, for sharing that story. Um, wow was all I have to say to that. <laughs> all right, story number four is by Doris Van Sassel, my great-grandmother. And let me just say, she's 94, and she's doing really well for her age. I mean, just a few years ago, she was still driving, and she's just really inspiring. Anyway, so this is her story. It was back in the 40s when I was going to school in Tarrant, Alabama, and this friend kept trying to coax me to skip school and go see Frank Sinatra, who was playing in downtown Birmingham. I had never done anything so rebellious before, but I just swooned when Frank Sinatra sang, like all the other girls. So as you can tell, I gave in to my friend and we took the trolley car to go to the concert at Melba Theater. When we got there, I was scared to death that a truant officer would come and take me out of the theater. P.S. A truant officer is someone that is like a police officer just to make sure you're in school. So I played hooky and saw Sinatra, and luckily my mother never caught me. Yeah, because um, actually she explained that her mom was pretty strict, so that was probably for the best. All right, and this next story is by Alan Van Tassel, my great-grandmother's son, actually, and my grandfather. Back around the 90s, I used to go over to this pool hall called Burley Earls on the south side of Birmingham. I was a bad drunk, and I was coming home from playing pool there at about 12, 12.30 a.m. one day. And instead of taking the interstate way, I went down Highway 31. When I started going by Caraway Hospital, which is now torn down as some may know, five black guys in a truck pulled up beside me and started shooting the side of my car. I was afraid for my life, scared to death, and the only thing I had for a weapon was my car. So I started sideswiping their car, a tiny pickup truck, against my own bigger car. And we dueled it out all the way to Fultondale, which was probably a good 15 to 20 minutes away. Finally, after hitting them so many times and being hit, I accumulated some damage to my radiator and other vital parts of my car and couldn't drive anymore. After coming to a stop, all the guys in the truck ran except for one who came up to my window, which was rolled up, and I thought it was over for me since he'd already fired a shot that barely missed my leg by maybe an inch. He took this little bat that looked kind of like a billy club and smashed my window right in my face and ran off. Seven cops were on the scene and they took me in for a DUI. I told them I got shot at and the evidence of that was the bullet holes lining the side of my car. They didn't take me in that night because they figured I had gone through enough. Honestly, I'm going to have to side with the police there. I think you did go through enough that night. <laughs> All right. This next story is by Aubrey Pearson, a good friend of mine. We were at church one night, and me and my two friends, we'll call them Bailey and Katie, were about to leave and wrap the night up. It was an awesome day at church, learning about God, and we all thought the day was going to end on a normal note, right? Well, church ended and we walked around for a little bit. Bailey told Katie and I that her ride was here, so we thought we should walk her out to the car since it was pretty dark outside. It was about nine that night, and there was one streetlight where Bailey's car was parked. So we started walking towards the car when suddenly we saw a man that we automatically assumed was someone we went to church with, or a friend. We just ignored it until we saw the man start to get closer. He got closer and closer, and we began to get scared. He got close, but not close enough to where we could see his face and tell who he was. Plus, he was in the dark with the light reflecting off his back, making it extremely hard to see his face. We made it to Bailey's car and said our goodbyes, then Katie and I made our way back towards the church. 
but that mysterious man started running at us with whatever crazy intentions he had. It was terrifying, and we bolted into the church fast enough for the man to run past the building to wherever he was in such a hurry to get to. When we got in the church, our youth pastor quickly locked the door and asked if we were okay. We were so shaken up, though, and to this day, my youth pastor makes sure we all get out of the church with him watching, so that doesn't happen on his watch again. Thank you, Aubrey, and um, may I just say that is absolutely chilling and, um, well, terrifying, but I'm glad you got in the church safely, and uh, I'm glad that your youth pastor enforced that rule about leaving on his watch. All right, and this last story, date story, this isn't a first date, but it is a date, which I found pretty interesting, and this is by Becky Lopez, my other grandma. (laughs) All right. My boyfriend at the time and I went out one night and I can't really remember if he picked me up or I met him there, but we went to his place of employment at the time, which was Chili's. Our waitress, his co-worker, was a beautiful lady, very bubbly with a great personality. But all my boyfriend and her could talk about was how sexy she was and how fantastic her legs were because she happened to be wearing shorts. So I was sitting there looking at him like he had a third eye. I just wondered why in the world he would bring me there if all he wanted to do was talk about how hot our waitress was and her legs. Of course, he made it out like I was some over-obsessed, jealous girl, but honestly, who does that? I'm going to have to agree, who does that? (laughs) All right, well, thank you, Gigi, for your story, and I hope y'all have a wonderful day, and I will see you sometime in January. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.